Hi, this is Dr. Mercola. You know, and sometimes you just have to sit back and laugh at the absurd methods that are being employed by the food industry to deceive and manipulate you. And let me tell you about the latest one I found as I recently went on Splenda's website. They have three new products that are pushed and being promoted as health foods. They have Splenda with B vitamins, Splenda with antioxidants, and Splenda with fiber. Yes, fiber. So you should be using these to improve your health. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. This is unmitigated, absolute nonsense. You really should not be consuming any artificial sweeteners because they are not natural. They're going to push your health in the wrong direction. Now, several years ago, I wrote, wrote a book called Sweet Deception. It was actually the most carefully researched book that I ever put together. It took me three years to write. I had about seven full-time writers, and many of them were health professionals or physicians. And, and we had to do that because in the process of announcing that I was going to write this book, uh, I received a 20-page letter from Johnson & Johnson to not write the book, threatening to sue me for everything I had if I chose to continue with it and publish it. Well, I did, and because everything in the, bo in the book was true, they did not sue me, and, and, uh, and it went to print. So let me it basically summarize the key points of what I learned of doing these three years of research and why you want to avoid the use of Splenda. First of all, it's a lie and a deception. If you look at the packet of Splenda that you may see in a restaurant or the box on the Splenda, it will say zero calories. Well, Splenda is not zero calories uh, because Splenda is, is the product Splenda for the most part is a combination product. It's about 600 times sweeter than sugar. So as a result of that, you can't use it by itself. It'd be way too small. You would have literally a speck or two to put in your, your coffee or your cereal. So what they have to use is a bulking agent. And typically, they use bulking agents like maltodextrin or dextrose, which are relatively benign in themselves. But nevertheless, they're sugar. And 99% of what is in a Splenda packet is sugar. It's only 1% or less Splenda. So there's actually four calories in every packet of Splenda. But because there's a labeling loophole, they're able to say zero calories because it's less than uh, one gram and uh, it falls under this threshold, which essentially allows them to make this false statement. And the deceit continues. You know, 90% of people are absolutely clueless and unaware that there's chlorine in Splenda. And Splenda, in its defense, will say, well, there's chloride in lots of natural foods. Well, this is true. But the chloride in natural foods is connected to the foods in an ionic bond. In other words, like sodium chloride in your in your table salt will easily dissociate when you put it in water. But the chloride in Splenda is attached in a covalent bond and it will not dissociate. And in fact, there are no covalent chloride bonds to carbon compounds or organic compounds. Organic not being pesticide free, but organic is the term that's used to describe uh, compounds in nature that are composed of carbon. So there are no chloride covalently bound car organic compounds in nature at all. None. What we only ones we have are synthetic. And what are examples of synthetic covalently bound 
chloride compounds. Well, how about DDT, PCBs, Agent Orange, biological warfare agents, and then, of course, Splenda. Did you ever wonder why Splenda has no calories? Well, let me explain why. It has to do with this covalent chloride bond. Now, your body does not have any enzyme at all to break it down. Why should it? It never existed in nature, so why should it expect to see it? So as a result, when you ingest Splenda, it is not broken down, is digested, and hopefully eliminated. But that's a, there's a concern here, and I'll discuss it in a little bit, that there is a percentage of, of Splenda that is actually absorbed and kept in your body. It's not excreted in your urine or your, or your lungs. So that is a definitely a concern when we talk about safety. You know, Splenda is frequently promoted as being this safe, well-studied product, but is it? If you go into the literature and you look at how many published studies there are for Splenda, you'll find there's about 200 studies. Now, that's not all studies. And if you look at them more carefully, you'll find only 10% or so have anything to do with safety. So it's not that well studied at all. And, and we'll go into the specifics because if you look at the details on how it's studied, most of these have really nothing to do with the long-term safety of Splenda. Well, there's about 200 studies that if it were published on Splenda. And if you look them up, you'll find that most all of those studies have absolutely nothing to do with safety. They're really about irrelevant topics to do these really arcane biochemical characteristics of it. Only about 10% of them have anything to do with safety. And if you look at, uh, when I published my book, there was actually 15 studies that were done on safety. And 13 of those 15 were funded by the company who makes Splenda. Now, obviously leaving enormous room for conflict of interest. Now, we know that conflict of interest is a very serious problem in the drug industry. And it's no different in the artificial sweetener industry. And we just have to look back at its predecessor, aspartame. In fact, Splenda was produced because aspartame was taking so much heat uh, back in the 70s, and they needed an alternative, so Splenda was introduced. But uh, when aspartame was going through the approval process, it was widely promoted by the manufacturer to be one of the most w carefully studied and safest uh, products ever introduced into the food, food system. Well, let's look at that claim. Uh, there was a Dr. Walton who published a review of the safety studies of aspartame. And he looked at 166 studies. Of those 166 studies, he found that 74 of them were funded by the industry. And can you imagine, or can you guess, what percentage of those studies found anything wrong with aspartame? Well, if you said zero, you'd be right. None of them found anything wrong with aspartame. But there were 92 studies that were independently funded, not connected to the industry. And of these studies, 90%, over 90% of them found something wrong with aspartame. So that is a very powerful documentation of the influence of corporately sponsored trials on safety or any other potential complications that can result from the use of the product that
that they were promoting or selling. That really is a fatal flaw in this whole system. In order to get approval of many of these foods or drugs, they're not required to be independently funded. The studies are almost always done by the manufacturer, which has enormous conflict of interest and potential for uh, imposition of incorrect information and prejudice and bias. And in fact, in the drug industry, many of these studies that are done that don't support the use of the drug are just simply thrown away. So they may be 10, 20, 30, 100 different studies until they finally find one that supports the use of their product. So let's go back to the original 15 studies that were published when I wrote my book that were done. Of these, only seven, less than half were done on humans. But of these seven studies, two were done in respected peer-reviewed neurology journals that showed a clear and strong association between the use of Splenda and migraine headaches. And in fact, we've compiled a page on our site where you can actually voice your personal experiences and testimonials with using Splenda to document the adverse reactions because clearly the manufacturer is not going to be engaging in this process to seek to acquire information on the negative effects of the use of their product. Now another issue with these studies that were used is how long they were done. At the time I wrote my book, the longest safety study on Splenda was done for a grand total of four days. Yes, four days. That's it. So that is another concern. Now, additionally, a claim is made that sucralose has no effect on blood sugar levels. And this becomes an important area for diabetics. And this is one of the reasons why the American Diabetic Association justified and still to this day recommends the use of Splenda. What they fail to realize is just in that example I gave at the beginning of this video, that that one packet of Splenda is 99% sugar, less than 1% Splenda, because it's 600 times sweeter than sugar, so as a result of that, it requires a bulking agent so that you can manipulate and use it. So that packet of Splenda has four calories and of, of sugar, pure sugar. Now, this may not seem like a lot, and it isn't, but many diabetics who may use, reading the label says no calories, no sugar, will go and use two, three, five, ten, fifteen packets in their coffee or tea. Because why wouldn't they? There's no calories and there's no sugar. It's not going to affect them. So if they're type 1 diabetic and they're carefully monitoring their insulin levels, this can have a very significant impact. And, and this is due to the fact that sucralose by itself has no impact on blood sugar, but the product that's being sold and being used by you would be, would be the one that has the maltodextrin and the dextrose. Another example of fraud and deception. So just how dangerous is Splenda? Now, on a scale of things, there are far more serious dangers, but to me, it just is a perfect illustration of the tactics that are being used by the food industry and the drug industry to deceive and manipulate you. Because you could probably, if you're going to have Splenda occasionally, uh, 
it's not going to be a big deal if you're healthy. It's not going to cause serious harm or danger. You're not going to drop dead from it. You're not going to get a brain tumor as a result of it. But if you're using it on a regular basis, especially large amounts, then it becomes an issue, especially the absorption factor, because some of this is absorbed. It's not a completely excreted. It's absorbed into your fat tissue because uh, it, it, it is, can be lipid soluble. So as a result of that, it sticks around for a long, time, a long time. And as I said earlier, there really are no long-term safety studies. So you are the guinea pig. You and your family or anyone else who's using this are going to be the guinea pig for long-term chronic exposure to this. And many of these exposures to, to long-term toxins like cigarette smoke may take decades before we see an effect. So if you're going to have this occasionally, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. But if you're going to use it long-term, I would strongly recommend that you reconsider that and apply the precautionary principle, especially if you, for your children. So you know, the, really, the important principle, again here, is not so much the specifics of why Splenda is potentially toxic or harmful, but the strategies, the tactics that they are using, that these companies use to deceive and manipulate you. So because once you understand that, once you understand the basis and how they manipulate and distort science to prove their point, then you can be armed with the principles, the understanding, the wisdom to make solid, informed decisions and to, to exert caution and skepticism on these new products, these new strategies that are designed to give you some magic bullet solution that veers from the long time-honored principles that our ancestors used to stay healthy. Because staying healthy Taking control of your health is really a simple process. If we just replicate, reproduce the patterns that our ancestors did hundreds of years ago, because we know that our genes, which don't change very quickly and adapt to environmental stimulus, are really designed for those types of influences. And if we can reproduce those in our normal environment, then we're going to optimize our health. Because your body wants to be healthy. It absolutely wants to stay healthy. It is designed to be healthy. But when you expose it to toxic influence and you deprive it of the nutritional imp uh, support and foundational building blocks that you need to stay healthy, then you're going to veer towards disease and develop these chronic long-term complications, lose your vitality, lose your joy, lose your ability to, to really experience all the the uh, intensity and, and vitality that you were in life. So really the key here is to understand that, to apply that, and to really fully take control of your health.